Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And we're here to review the Game Week 38 action. Um, obviously there was the blank for four teams, but uh, yeah, we're going to talk through the, the action that did happen and the action that only partially happened, uh, but we'll get to that later on as well. Um, start off with Dan, how are you? Yeah, uh, Green Arrow in Gaffer, uh, frustrating result for Luton, but yeah, it, was, it wasn't too bad with the other results. Um, actually looks like if you didn't play, it was probably even better, for especially for Blackburn and West Brom, but um, yeah, we'll go through the games as always. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I said something to you at one point about who had had a good weekend. And I think I came up with about four teams that had had a good weekend. Yeah. And two of them didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really was one of those weeks. And uh, obviously, particularly when we're sort of, you know, looking to talk about the action, uh, that makes it a, a, a little bit tougher. But uh, we, we'll get through it. Um so, uh, so yeah, so uh, normal format, we'll uh, sort of go through how our game weeks went, uh, we'll talk through the games, and we will cover your questions. Um, as I mentioned in the tweet asking for questions, um, we won't be recording again before game week 39. Um, you know, if you, if you have any sort of questions, we, we can try and answer them on Twitter, but we won't be doing anything uh, in terms of a pod ahead of game week 39. Um but yeah, we'll get into game week thirty-eight. So Dan, how did your game week go? Um, I got seventy-seven minus four. My transfers in didn't go great. I done McGuinness, who well got his match abandoned, and uh, I brought in Ramsey, who decided to get benched um, in a four-nil win. Um, that was for. O'Shea and Clark from Luton. I didn't know if Clark was going to be involved. Um, I captained the Akpom for 26. Vice was Victor for 10. I had Long for 4. McNamara for 4. Giles for 14. Bell for 6. Sykes for 1. Fleming 2. Ramsey 1. And Pedro 9. So, yeah, quite happy. Um, considering I ended up with only 10 players. Um, and I've got a three-place green arrow up to 81st. Yeah, um, bit of a disaster for me this week. Um, I know it's all relative. Some people are going to be sort of very annoyed at me sort of, you know, saying it was a bad week with my rank where I went down to 50th overall, um, which I'm drifting a little bit at this point. I'm just sort of drifting backwards. Um 52 minus four for me, uh, not great this week. Um, you know, particularly when 14 of that has come from Ryan Giles. Um, it's because you haven't got Akpom. Yeah, I don't have Akpom. Um, those who've watched the Watford game uh, said I brought in uh, Loser in addition to um, having Pedro. And those who watched the game um, and particularly watching some of the highlights. Um, both those players should have hauled, so that made me feel much better. <laughs> um, I brought in Perry and G, who uh, whose game obviously got called off. He also hit the the bar with a free kick, um, 
So I was near. It, it was nearly sort of one of those picks that you just you just talk about for ages <laughs> uh, in terms of how well it came off. Uh, I took out Bell from Luton because there was some uncertainty about whether he would play, and I only had to take a minus four to replace him. Um, so that was for NG. I bought loser in for NDI. Um, I carried forward uh, Matson, Zorori, and Townsend. Um, yeah, not much else to speak of. I mean, I had NG and Fosu, so that was two players with zero. Um, and Victor captain for 14. Uh, Bradshaw vice captain for three. Pedro for nine. And like I said, Giles for 14. Um, Long and Hume with four. And then ones and twos. So uh, not a great week. Um but, you know, not in a terrible place for after the break. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it's not exactly the prettiest game week to, to go into the break on. Um, but we'll talk about some of these games. Um, so, um, as you mentioned with this game, the first game we're going to cover is Middlesbrough 4, Preston 0. Uh, so, Dan, kick us off on this one. Yeah, so um, the main news for Borough was Force came in for Ramsey. Um, and for Preston, Fernandez and Ledson were in. Um, well, I mentioned uh, building it, well, since probably two or three weeks ago since uh, Ramsey became a good option. Uh, I did worry about his minutes. Um, I, think he, I think he is first choice, but I... I Obviously, whenever Force comes in, he's played quite well. So, it's it, like Carrick doesn't have any problems with playing Force. And uh, it was just a bit annoying that the game week I brought him in, he got benched when um, Borough got four and he probably would have been involved in in the scoring. Um, but, yeah, it's just another comfortable game for Borough. Uh, the main man... Uh, this week, they seem to take it in turns. It was Archer, two goals and an assist against uh, Preston, who he was there on loan last year. Um, he's now got six goals and three assists in 12 games, I think. So he, he's picking up uh, the attacking returns after a fairly slow start. Yeah, I mean, I think this um, is... Uh, I think those were his first home goals as well. Yeah. Um, and then you've also got Giles, who um, managed to get his 10th and 11th assist. Um, we know Giles has been a good option all year, um, whether he's played in the back three or as he's playing in as the back four, but... Yeah, watching the highlights, they caused Preston's back three all sorts sort of problems. At times, it was like four four on three, and this it was Middlesbrough. It was like they were playing four up front. Um, and uh, I know Diaby had been playing quite well for Preston, but he had an absolute nightmare in this game. He he has some of. The, he randomly has these sort of things like once or twice a season where everything he does, it just it goes a bit of a nightmare. But there's a couple of times where he stood on the ball and players were clean through. He got sent off. It was definitely a, a day to forget for Diaby. But um, yeah, Bar- Barrow, 
I think everyone's going to be tripled up. I'm I finally got there with Ramsey. Uh, I've got Giles and Akpom as well. Uh, are you on the triple up, Angus? No. <laughs> who who are you missing, Mister Akpom? <laughs> I don't know how you have an added all season. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think it was one of these where, like, I didn't. Um, I didn't go for him initially. Um, and then there was a small period where I thought, oh, maybe this, like, you know, he's he's just had a great run and it's now going to quiet down a bit. And then, like, every time I tried to get him in, something else in my team went wrong. <laughs> and so it's just like, um, although, you know, I did have, like, Bradshaw and whatever, so it wasn't all bad. <laughs> but, yeah, I uh, I don't have him. Um, are you going to bring him in or are you just going to go against him? I think... The only way I don't bring him in now is if I, again, decide to try and swing against, which would probably be buying Archer instead. I don't um, hate that. But most likely I'll just bring Akpom in. Um, you know, yeah. I don't see any reason he'd sort of slow up after the break, so um, yeah. it, it will most likely be him. Like I say, the only, the only way would be if I decided to sort of swing against with Archer. We've mentioned that the start of the season that there wasn't really a Mitrovic or a Tony or a, or a Pookie, but it, it seems like he is, and his name is him, um, him and Victor. Yeah, yeah. him and Victor. <laughs> it is. It, we finally got there. Yeah. It, t- it took about two thirds of the season, but it now looks like those two are must. Um, anything on Preston Angus? I I haven't got too much about them to be honest. Uh, no, um, you know, like you said, my man Diaby. Had a, had a had a bit of a nightmare, um, and uh, and yeah, it's it's not sort of it's not disastrous for them. You know, a lot of teams have taken a beating off Borough, particularly when Borough at home um, this season uh, since Carrot came in. So I don't think that's necessarily a disaster for them. Um, you know, they're sitting in the perfect Preston place. They're twelfth in the table. Um, and yeah, I mean, in gaffer terms, you know, if you've got someone like Fernandez, um, that's not a problem. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be loving holding on to him, but it's not sort of like, oh yes, I must get rid of that now. Um, but yeah, I don't have much else to add on them. They're just Preston. Um, <laughs> uh, so we'll move on to our next game. Uh, which was Blackpool 1, Coventry 4. Um, it looked at one point like Blackpool might go from winning 6-1 to losing 6-1 in this one. Um, but yeah, talk to us about this one, Dan. Uh, so Blackpool, um, probably unsurprisingly, after their 6-1 win were unchanged. Uh, Coventry made a few changes. Dabo was back in at right wing back and Sheaf, who... Um, he did score in this game, but he's probably one of the most underrated players in the league. Um, Tyler Walker also came in up front. Um, yeah, I thought I thought it was Blackpool started quite well in this. They hit the post through ha- um, CJ Hamilton, um, and then Coventry uh, scored through um, an assist from Victor and a goal from Sheaf. But um, do you think Victor should have been sent off? I don't think so. But 
You don't um, think so? I, I think I don't think there would have been much of necessarily an argument. Um, yeah. Either like if he if he'd been sent off, I wouldn't have been like that's atrocious. I'm not sort of like he must like he should have been sent off. Blah blah blah. But I, like if he'd been sent off, I wouldn't have been like that's that's a terrible decision. It's one of those. Yeah, it would have made it interesting if he got a three-match ban for gaffer-wise. Yeah. You'd have had to pick someone else. Um, and then it sort of got away from Blackpool in the, in the second half um, and it ended up 4-1 to Coventry. Uh, they're on quite a, a decent run, Coventry. They've, they're about nine games unbeaten. Um, before the win against Blackpool, they'd got draws against Wigan and Hull. Which, if they'd have turned one of them in, into a win, they, they they would have just been a point outside the the playoffs. So they sort of sort of still going under the radar. I'm not sure if they will have enough to get in the playoffs, but um, they've probably got the best striker in the league, or, or one of the best striker in the league. Chiefs coming back if they can maybe get a couple of the other players back that were injured, maybe they they can push on. Um, I know um, their centre backs aren't really an option, but since Carl McFadden's been brought back in, um, well, since he recovered from injury, I think he's definitely made um, a difference to that back three when you think McNally's playing one side and Doyle uh, they're both quite young players or, or inexperienced for this level and then I think can't be underestimated what an important role McFadson's playing in, in the centre of those three um, obviously you've got Victor are, are you looking at any more commentary Angus? Um, I've toyed with the idea. I know you say you can't look at them. I've toyed with the idea a couple of times of um, McNally or Doyle. Um, I know McFadden scored in this game, but like those two as sort of the centre backs either side, um, I, I've sort of been impressed when I've seen them. Um, and so, you know, I've toyed with the idea. I don't think I'll do it, but I don't think it's the worst. Um, I also considered Bidwell because obviously I was making a defensive change. Uh, this week, and I did consider Bidwell. Um, I do think he's he's still a decent option. He still seems to be um, the starter more often than not. Um, but probably initially, I'll just stay on Victor. Um, it'd be very handy for them. Uh, they're hoping to have Allen back after the break as well. If he's back in, then obviously that sort of um, gives another option in there. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think they've got a few options at the moment. Um, Hamer with another on. assist. Hmm? Hamer with another yeah. assist. Uh, you know, I, I keep sort of I keep saying... <laughs> I'm just, it's played defensive mid. I can't bring him, but he, he, he saw, I think he's got so much energy that he just ends up all over the place, I think. Because the goal, the, well, it was for the... For Gordon's goal, he basically pressed to the point where he, he made the mistake and then he just slipped him, Gordon in. So I mean, I mean he's he's now sort of just popped up on the, on the first page of midfielders. Um, you know, for for context, he has one point fewer this season than Jack Clark. Um, so you know, it's yeah. certainly been a good season for him. 
Um, but yeah, I think you know, like I said, I think they're they're still full of options, and they they will be they will also be very viable going forward. Um, you know, Stokes, Swansea, Watford, QPR, and then the Blackburn, Reading, Birmingham, Middlesbrough is sort of their their run. There's a couple of tougher games in there, but in general, um, you know, it's not too bad for, to have Middlesbrough assets in that. Um, but yeah, so I th- I, th- I think um, they're very vile. Black Blackpool, they they'll need to pick up a couple of re- couple more results. Obviously, that win in midweek was massive for them. Um, you know, it didn't you know it doesn't help that other teams have been picking up points, but they're they're going to need to find a couple of wins from somewhere. Um. And it's it's going to be tough. I think they also just they they've got the fixtures in their upcoming run to get those wins. You know, playing Preston and Cardiff and Wigan. Um, but they they're going to need to find something in that run. Um, particularly because their their final four is quite tough. So I think they're gonna they're gonna have to find a couple of wins there. Particularly if one of them can be against Cardiff, because uh, that's obviously yeah. a direct game. Um. But we'll see. I certainly wouldn't be recommending any of them for for Gaffer now, despite the fact that Jerry Yates seems to have found his scoring boots again. Um, I, I think there's too many other options to go with him at this point. Yeah, um, I agree. But we'll move on to our next game, which Sunderland won, Luton won. Uh, Dan, talk to us about this one. Yeah, so uh, Sunderland were unchanged. Well, the starting eleven was unchanged. Diallo was back on the bench. And for Luton, they were unchanged. There was, as you mentioned at the start, some doubts over Bell, but um, he played. Uh, Clark was back on the bench. Um, yeah, it was, it was quite an even game. Um, as... As normal when you watch Sunderland, they always offer a threat going forward. Um, Luton haven't struggled against that many players recently, but um, Clark and Roberts were definitely causing us a, a bit of problems uh, whenever they turned over the ball, um, which was quite often. And it was just one of those games where it was pretty much end to end, but there wasn't that much goal map action. It was, I think, when you've got so many good players um, that are good at pressing from both sides, it ends up just constantly turning over the ball. Um, but yeah, the, we finally got the breakthrough. Um, Luton done like a, a free uh, free kick routine, which took a massive deflection and sort of squirmed under Patterson. Uh, Doughty goal, um, Drame assist. So, um, over the last couple of weeks, I've mentioned that I think the two wing-backs are Doughty and Drame are the two better options. Um, Bell has been playing left centre-back and I think moving forward, he'll, he'll probably stay there. So if you're bringing in a player, I'd probably bring in Dr- Drame would probably be first choice and then uh, Doughty. Um, and then... Um, Sunderland didn't do too much. They hit the post and Horvath done the save. 
Um, but the, the main talking point was the absolute disastrous decision by the referee for Diallo, who basically flung himself to the ground in the penalty area. Uh, the ref didn't give it for about five to ten seconds and then decided to give a penalty for it's one of the worst decisions I've seen this year. Um, and then Diallo was a good penalty. Um, probably draw was probably a fair result, but when it's how it ended up being a draw when it's it was never a penalty and they never even looked like scoring towards the end. Um, but yeah, I'd have taken seven points from Sheffield United, Bristol City, and and Sunderland. Um, and others results didn't weren't that bad. So yeah, it's not terrible. Um, for Sunderland, I, I I know a lot of people sold Biello and Clark, but I would I wouldn't be against having them because. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs now, but the way they play, they're going to they're going to score points for the rest of the season, whoever they play. I don't yeah. know if you have anything to add. Um, just that I hate the people who still have Diallo. Um, yeah, sort of played so do him I. Ju- they played him just because they had to this week, and uh, he comes off the bench, wins, and scores the penalty. Yeah, uh, penalty that was wins. never a penalty. <laughs> um, what baby laugh was. His contact, like if he got fouled, he sort of dived the wrong way for yeah. if it would have been a foul as well. But, um, but yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I agree. I think um, I don't necessarily mind having sold um, Bell, as you're saying, because I think if I do want to go back into the Luton defence, um, I'd rather have a different one than him anyway. Um and obviously, I've now got the the added advantage that everyone will inevitably join me on of having a Cardiff defender for when they double. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, I, I'd probably lean Drame as well. Um, but I do think both of those two are, are good options, like you say. Um, but we'll move on to our next game, uh, which was Millwall nil, Huddersfield one. Um, now people might start guessing that. Uh, it, we were a bit stretched for games here. <laughs> well, I I said to you, Angus, I thought there was only going to be two key games, and that yeah, was Borough match of the we should give people value for you know made up money. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you could talk yeah, about I, this one, Angus. Uh, I don't I, have much to say. I I think the the main thing really with this is obviously. Um, it's potentially significant for Huddersfield at the bottom. Um, it gets them to within three points of getting out of it, out of it, which is obviously big for them. Um, and it's a massive missed opportunity for Millwall. Um, we'll obviously discuss some of the other teams in the playoff race dropping points. And you think a home game against Huddersfield, um, you know, really should be sort of taking advantage of that. Um, you know, they, they significantly outpossessed Huddersfield. They significantly outshot Huddersfield. Um, but lost 1-0. Um, you know, they didn't take any of their chances. And so um, it's just that it's it's potentially got a significant impact at both ends of the table. Um, but, yeah, um, gaffer-wise, obviously, of Fleming and, well, I've long 
Fleming and Bradshaw and uh yeah not 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 that many points from them in this one um I'm not sure how much you have to to add on this Dan Oh well I've got the uh, double defense um I quite enjoyed this match Bradshaw didn't score against me for <laughs> one, especially after the um we had drew in the last midweek where um we had the Bradshaw points being added, yeah. <laughs> added on for the ball hitting him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it feels like I've constantly been getting punched by Bradshaw <laughs> for about four or five weeks. So, yeah. <laughs> Would you stay on the double up? Well, I'm not, obviously, I'm not going to change long, but I've got McNamara. Would you keep McNamara? Um, I have no problem with the defensive double up. Um, I mean, obviously, like I say, if, if... They've got a couple of tough games after the break. Uh, West Brom away, Luton at home. They have quite a nice run after that. Yeah. And so I think like it, it's not necessarily a bad thing to have to have them. I'll probably be coming off at least one of the attackers. But mm. I think there's uh, particularly the defensive ones. Because with the defensive ones, someone like a, a West Brom or a Luton isn't necessarily the worst fixture either. So they could be no. holds right through to the end of the season. Um, so that's that's potentially potentially viable there. The attackers, you might want to go down to one at this point in terms of Fleming or Bradshaw. I know a lot of people will be very reluctant to sell the hero that is Tom Bradshaw, but um, it might be the time now. Um, it's been a very weird season. <laughs> Akpom and, and Tom Bradshaw. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think, uh, but yeah, like, like I say, for in your position, having the defensive double up, I think that's absolutely fine. Um, and the last of our feature games, again, you know, we were stretching things here. Uh, Swansea 2, Bristol City 0. Um, I'm just going to start off and say, I think, um, Fisher keeping a clean sheet, let alone Swansea, just Fisher, not, not sort of letting one in threw him past him whatever is is the real sort of story of this game <laughs> i don't i don't know uh what you have to say on this game dan i actually thought uh swansea were quite good uh the last couple of games they've moved to a back four and played darling has been playing at, at right back but what, what that has allowed them is to get an, another attacking player on the pitch Obviously, they they keep the ball so well, Swansea, um, <clears throat> and they recently played Lewin a couple of weeks ago. They sort of kept the ball, but they they were keeping it at the back, so it, they didn't really cause too much problems. But because they are such a good passing team, if they can get the ball into areas with uh, further forward, and then have the players there or more players up there, they can cause more problems than it. That's what they did against uh, Bristol City. Um, Acham with a goal and assist. We, we've mentioned not so much this year, but last year he done quite well at times, but he was always in and out of the side. Uh, I, I don't think we've ever questioned his talent. It's more consistency with him and can he play a number of games. Um, uh, Cullen got a goal as well. Uh, Piero had the odd chance, but yeah, I definitely thought 
going to four at the back and getting an extra player further forward. It's definitely suited them and they caused Bristol City all, all sorts of problems. This could have been three or four. Um, Bristol City, the balance of the team just doesn't seem right at the minute. They they signed Cornick, who his two best seasons at Luton have been when he's played up front in a two, and they they've either played him right wing or up front on his own. He's I mean they wonder the fans wonder why it's it's not working. Um, you scout a player, you must have seen the formations he's been playing in, and then you don't play him in that. Um, yeah, so I've had Sykes. He's he's done nothing since I've brought him in. I, that's one of those transfers that's just never worked. But, um, yeah, I think Bristol City are probably one of these teams that are like similar to Swansea are just going to try and get a bit of momentum into next season. Um I've got Leary as well. Leary, he's just going to be back up for long on the bench. Sykes, I probably won't move. He's he's cheap. He'll just be on my bench. He seems to be playing every week. But yeah, I don't have much more. Any? Would you go for any Swansea? Um, uh, I we mentioned him every so often. Joel Piero um, is is always a potential option and. Um, if if Fisher can manage to keep the ball out of the goal, then that helps Ryan Manning's viability. Um, oh, yeah. I do wonder at some point whether they start phasing him out of the team, given that he's going to be leaving in the summer. Uh, that's the yeah. only concern with him. Um, as you say, Bristol City, I think um, O'Leary is fine for people. I'd more want him as a backup, but he's fine. Um Sykes, I think he played right back in midweek, I want to say. but um, Yeah, he did against Lewin. I think, you know, he's fine, like you say, be sort of a, a fifth midfielder, first or second sub most weeks sort of thing. Um, I think is is absolutely fine. Um, I don't think it helped in this game. You talk about Cornick, that they uh, suddenly dropped all of um, Vyman, Mametti and Wells. I think leaving yeah, all of them out was probably one too many. I know they played in midweek, and so you don't necessarily want to run them all into the ground. But those three, it feels like, probably their three best attacking players. And they left them all out in the same game. That that was a bit strange to me. Um, and obviously it, it, you know, it didn't work out for them. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily be rushing. If you've got someone like a a Sykes or even a Scott, I think they're fine. Um, and you just sort of play them when they've got good games, bench them when they don't. It's it's, it's not a problem. Um, but yeah, that's that's that game. Um, so we'll uh, we'll just quickly run through the other games. Any sort of talking points here? Uh, which is QPR nil, Birmingham one, Reading one, Hull one, Stoke nil, Norwich nil, Watford one, Wigan one. And Rotherham Cardiff was 1-0 to Cardiff when it was abandoned. Um, I'm going to kick it off because I want to talk about Rotherham Cardiff. <laughs> um, not just because I brought in Perry and G. Um, 
but I think I think it is the one we need to address in terms of you know this. Uh, so at halftime they had an absolutely torrential downpour. Um, I know there's been very differing comments from depending on which side of things you're on um, about the attempts to clear the pitch. Um, there's obviously some footage of um, guys with essentially large sort of like brooms pushing water off the pitch and then managing to drag water back onto the pitch, which uh, seemed a bit strange, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, the EFL, I know, is sort of, you know, getting their their reports from each side of it in and then there'll be sort of a, a verdict. Um, I don't think it will be anything particularly negative against Rotherham, no matter how much, uh, no matter how hilarious it is that, the guys were basically just dragging water back onto the pitch. Um, that will obviously mean a double at some point for those two teams as well. Um, most likely game week 44. Um, because at this point, doubles basically have to go in 44 or 45. Um, but yeah, it just sort of, you know, we'll see whether the EFL decide any sort of punishment is in order for for Rotherham off the back of that, but I can't see it happening personally. Um, don't know if you have anything to add on that game or any of the others, Dan? Uh, not so much that game. I, I did want to mention that Wigan did get the three-point deduction. Yes, um, it, w- it was suspended from earlier in the season. Uh, it's due to um, players not having their wages. I think this is like the fourth time this yeah. year, which is it's unacceptable, and um, so they they've got the three point deduction, which I think basically relegates them now. That are they seven or eight points off off um, Cardiff? That that's too much. It's a shame because I I think um, they were sort of picking up points. They weren't. It was at a snail's pace, but the. He'd got them set up quite well. Yeah, it's certainly improved under Maloney, I think. Yeah, so you'd like to think that they they keep him um, for next season and they go again, but there might be a problem with their owners, with finances in general. Yeah, yeah, I think that that is potentially an issue. Um. And the other thing, I guess, to mention from these games, um, you know, in terms of the, the results, was um, after getting thrashed in midweek, QPR lost again. Um, they, had, they had that one win. And it was like, uh, you know, can they turn things around? And it's just been, in the last week, it's just been an emphatic no. Uh, <laughs> they conceded after three minutes against Birmingham. And um, yeah, I mean, and they and they just couldn't get it back, and they're they're lucky um, that there's there's teams down the they've got just enough cushion. It feels like, and in terms of the likes of Huddersfield and Blackpool actually picking up points, because you struggle to see where QPR are going to get many more points from the way they're playing. Hopefully for them, Ainsworth can you know work with them for. A period over the international break. I know a few of the players will be going away, but um, just get them going. And obviously, after the break, they'll get a few of these injured players back, which will obviously make a big difference with having 
you know, no Laird, no Pal, no Chair, no Willock. Um, obviously, Dykes was missing for a while, and Clark Salter and Balligan. And so, you know, we've talked about their thin squad before, but um, maybe that will improve things for them after the break. But um, obviously, it's been uh, it's been disastrous for them again. Um, At least they did win the the most important match throughout that. <laughs> yes. Against Watford. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I think that's that's just about it, really. So we'll we'll get into the questions uh, that people have. I know people sent in quite a few questions. Um. So let me just bring those up. Okay, so first question from uh, Robin, FPL Red Arrow, said, Teller, Matson, and who's the best third Burnley option? I think it's Sahore. Yeah, I think it's it's probably him. Um, I think there's maybe an argument for going to the defence. Um, so something like Roberts and Matson. Obviously, you're investing quite a lot, but... Um, I, I imagine there's not necessarily premiums taking up your budget elsewhere, so it might be worth investing in the two of them. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's probably Zorori, um, and if not, I think it's Roberts. Um, I think it will also be, be helped by the fact that um, it looks like Harwood Bellis is going to be ready for after the international break as well, which, uh, you know, as if Burnley needed something like that. <laughs> Um, FBL Frustration has asked us, with Burnley doubling soon, is it the obvious play to triple up on their assets? If so, other than Teller and Matson, who should be considered? Thanks, gents. Um, so we just answered that. It's worth saying, by the time we get to the double, Burnley may well have wiped, wrapped up the title. So I know I've sort of played down the idea of them rotating because, you know, a lot of the guys have already got minutes this season. Um, but it is just something to bear in mind. Um, Ron Mukherjee has said, best captain options for game week 39. So obviously we're looking ahead um, a little bit. We're going to have to project that, like, you know, everything goes fine for people over the international break. No one gets injured on international duty. So assuming that, uh, who do you think are the best captain picks for 39? It's hard to look past Akpom, isn't it, against Huddersfield? Yeah, Akpom, Archer, because um, I know some people have Archer instead. I know some people have both. Um, and, you know, I probably wouldn't go captain and vice-captain on those two, but you could do worse. Um, particularly with the, the fixtures for the likes of, you know, well, Luton and Watford playing each other, West Brom and Millwall playing each other, Norwich and Sheffield United playing each other. Um, I, I would say Teller is up there yeah. against Sunderland because yeah. Sunderland, Sunderland will just attack. So. Yeah. <laughs> that would so, be a great so game. If you, you know, if you don't, particularly if you don't have Teller, maybe if you're on that Middlesbrough striker double up, maybe it is captain, vice captain then. Yeah. Um, against Huddersfield. Um, but yeah, I think those those are the options that jump out. Um, Stoke have obviously been tougher, but Victor in any well in any game, but particularly any home game, 
um, yeah. is always an option as well. Um, Philip Trainer is a great pod, guys. Thanks for the help. Which what boosts are best to use and when to use them? Used triple triple so far. Thanks. Um, that's a very good question. Um, Can't remember what ones there are. No. I think there was Goldfest and Budget Buster and Underhaul and. It's got to play budget. I would probably. It's got to play budget buster, hasn't it? Yeah, it will be in a single game week at this point, but I think it, you know, it's still worth it to play budget buster. Um, maybe build towards a budget buster and then overhaul, overhaul, or build towards it and play underhaul in one of the doubles for the for the bigger teams like a uh, you know Burnley or. Sheffield United, depending on how you want to look at it, but um, that's probably the way to go. Um, at this point, I'd probably look to play a boost in game week 46, just for the fun of it. Just play, just play a boost on the final day. There's normally crazy scores on the yeah. final day. Goal fest on the final day. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd, I'd enjoy something like that, personally. Um, Renarid9, I'm not sure why he's asking those questions, he's been in the game but uh, we'll allow it still um, for those who have sold NDI, do you advocate bringing him back? If so, when? Or is he in the list of great players who you can't rely on anymore, like Chair and Willock? I'd say good luck in the Pemberton Gaffer final, by the way Dan, but uh, <laughs> so he's not going to wish you luck um I disagree personally with the idea that he's not sort of reliable anymore. I think, um, you know, he's he's had sort of a couple of tougher games, but he's also just, it's not necessarily quite as dry as it seems with the returns. Um, but yeah, um, would you be looking to, to bring him back, Dan? And if so, when? I think I would, I think I'd risk waiting until game week 42 for when they play Cardiff. Yeah. They've got Norwich, Wigan and, and Burnley in that time. Yeah, I mean, depending on how you're looking when you get to the um, Wigan game, game week 40, you know, if you have something that needs fixing at that point, then NDI obviously becomes an, a clear option. And uh, we don't need to remind people what happened the last time Sheffield United and Burnley played each other. So um, there's potential option there. But uh, but yeah, I think I'd probably chance it as well and leave it. But you know, I'd I'd still he'd obviously be top of the list. For example, outside of someone like Teller, um, if you don't have him, although I think Pete does. Um, so if you don't, you know, aside from someone like that, he'd sort of be the one that I'd have sort of there in my mind in case you need to replace anything at any point. Um, you know, he's he's sort of the go-to almost. Because um, I do think he'll still be a viable option after the break. Um, he'll probably go and get injured for Senegal now. <laughs> uh, FPL Commander has asked us, though... Um, 
Luton's Bell. Is he a hold or a sell? Wanted to get Giles, but is he the one to make way? I have Cooper, Townsend, Matson, and Hoot as the other defenders. Um, so thoughts on that one, Dan? I think he's both, isn't he? Like, I don't think it's terrible holding him because Luton are one of the best defenses. But if you bring it, if you want to bring in Giles, then I can. I can understand why you might want to sell him. Yeah, I mean, so. personally, I would look at that and say, uh, you seem to have a Watford defender in your team. I didn't want to say anything because they play <laughs> Luton next. Yeah, um, but I think those are the two options. I think we've talked about Millwall and the run they have, so I wouldn't be rushing to sell Cooper. And Townsend and Matson, I certainly wouldn't be looking to sell. So I think Bell and hoot are the two options um it could go either way there to be honest but um so it's it's almost just personal preference at that point um uh Shinobi has asked us apart from teller who are the other mids you think we should be targeting in the coming weeks uh, it's a very good question um I'd still say Zorori. I would um I'd I'd still potentially be looking at a Middlesbrough midfielder, either Ramsey or McGree. Um I still think Wallace is a good option for West Brom he'll tick over. Yeah. And after the Millwall game, which I think isn't necessarily the easiest, they do have a few very nice fixtures in there. Um I would say Stoke midfielder. Yeah, we've been talking quite a lot about uh, particularly Will Smallbone um, playing as the 10 for, for them most of the time. Um, so I think that lends it, it, him to being a good option. And I also think because he potentially could be ready straight after the break, you could punch chair. I know QPR have been bad, but they do have some nice fixtures and Particularly if you're looking to punt something, I think he could be someone to just go into at that point. But there's a few options around. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Um, maybe one of the Birmingham guys as well. They've been doing quite well. Kadra and Chong. Um, Chong certainly looks back to back to his best um, recently, so uh, he might be an interesting option as well. Um, the final question is from FPL Gwob, who said, Is Akpom, Jokerez and Bradshaw the ideal front three? Or should we be considering Luton forwards as well? A um, little bit of a question on Bradshaw at this point. Um, the only goal he scored in the last few games is one that hit him. <laughs> so if he's going to keep scoring goals like that, then yeah. Um, I think it's going to be tough to sell him. With the the run he's had, and they have a decent run of fixtures, um, I'm not sure I'd be rushing at this point to get Luton forwards. Um, Tricky game. Although yeah. Morris can score against anyone. Yeah, but I just think particularly those next two, Watford yeah. and Millwall, um, would would put me off a little bit. Um, yeah. Um, it, it's tough. Uh, I, I mean, Pedro has looked good, but 
hasn't necessarily had the return to go with it, so it could go either way. It could be a frustrating one, or the returns that he's sort of been close to getting could suddenly start coming, and um, he could be a good option. There's also, of course, Daryl DK. Um, I think, he, think he's back. Though, I know isn't Thomas Asante is back, but yeah. I think I think DK will be first choice. But yeah, there there is that element of doubt around it. But um, I think a lot of people will be on the um, Akpom, Yukarez, and Bradshaw front three. Um, but I do think there's potentially a couple that uh, where you can go against it at, at this point. Um, that's all the questions. Uh, thank you very much for those. Um, we will be back with you after game week 39. Um, we we won't be doing anything. I know previously we've done things like Q&As in the international breaks. Uh, we won't be doing anything like that in part because uh, Jamie's still unwell and I'm going on holiday. And so I will not be thinking about, talking about, you know, fantasy football in any sort of uh, way, shape, or form. So, you know, do not ask me about, you know, injuries to do with players or anything like that because I will be on holiday. Um, and yeah, we we will be back with you to review uh, game week 39, closer to game week 39. Don't mind you asking me questions, but within reason. Um, but, you know, I, I might not answer. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's everything, and uh, thank you for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye.